Hello and welcome to this week's French Football Weekly podcast. I am your host, Chris, and uh, we are very much the podcast that always observes the rules under every single situation. Honest. Anyway, uh, as countries continue to stay in the locked way situation, particularly here in the UK, fortunately we've had plenty of French football to get our teeth into by way of two rounds since we last recorded, as mentioned previously or in last week's episode. Uh, so we're going to go through kind of the top and the bottom, and uh, we may even have a little bit of time to uh, update you on what's going on in Ligue 2, because I've been following that last week or so as well. So that towards the end of the pod. Uh, but I need some people to chat with me, first of all, in order to do this. So I've got Jez and Phil, as usual. Good evening to you both. Good evening. Hello. Right then, uh, here's how we're going to do things this week. Uh, I'm going to read through, literally just read through the results from the last two rounds of fixtures and uh, just pick out any sort of notable scorers and whatnot as usual. And then we're going to go down or start at the top and work our way down as it were. So all the way back on the 6th of January, which was last Wednesday to you and me, we had a full round, which saw uh, a debut in the dugout for two managers in particular, one being one in the PSG dugout, Mauricio Pochettino oversaw a 1-1 draw with St Etienne in the probably the big, biggest game of the weekend, of weekday fixtures, which is Moise Kemp equalising Roman Hamouma's goals, so a draw to start. There was uh, also a draw to start, <laughs> classic way uh, to get Roman Domenech's uh, tenure underway, a thoroughly dismal nil-nil draw with Ren. So good start for him. Uh, Jez's boys Mets also drew nil-nil on the night to Bordeaux. We saw it a home was win. So thoroughly dismal. <laughs> I didn't see it, so I'm glad you saw it. Um, we also saw a home win for Brest, whose uh, good start or good season, should say, continues. Went slightly off the rails this weekend, but nothing to worry about there. Steve Mooney and Honorat with the goals there to beat uh, a newly signed Wesley Saliba. Oh, Wesley. William Sleever's uh, niece. That's a 2-0 win for Brest. Lorient's troubles continued as they lost at home in a bit of a thriller, which um, I watched, unfortunately. Monaco ran out 5-2 winners. Dissasi and Goleman with his first touch after returning from injury. Volan Diop and Maripan for the away side. Moffi and Gravillon with the replies for Lorient, who also saw Delaplace sent off just after half-time. Uh, Strasbourg. Scored five goals. I'll say that again. Strasbourg scored five goals. At home to yeah, Nice. That, that was the one I had to check on the vidi printer. Yeah. It was a it bit. Does of it a... say five in capital letters? Oh my lord! Yeah. yeah, a bit, bit of a, bit of a surprise in that one. I think it's fair. So I don't think anyone saw that one coming. But uh, two goals for a York. Uh, Kenny Lala. I think York missed a penalty in that one as well. Uh, Diaw and Waris with a late 90th minute goal as well. Big win that for the home side. While Mess were oh. dismal and not scoring at home, Diallo scored <laughs> one, set one up, and won a penalty. As yeah. as you do. Yeah. So does that mean there were three penalties in that? Because the Lala and Waris goals both penalties. So I'm almost positive there was a missed penalty. Let me just check again. Well, does this mean that finally my yes. constant bitching that meme of a dirty team has come to pass? We're, we're allowed to give you it this week, I think it's fair to say. Um, but yeah, there, there was there was indeed a 58th minute penalty from a joke that he's missed. So yeah, three penalties in one game. Anybody who had money on that, you're, you're doing well this week, that's for sure. Uh, equally, if anybody had money on Angers to beat Lille at home, you're probably rolling in it, because that's exactly what happened. Uh, Lille um, going down to two Romain Thomas goals. Who'd have thought that was coming in the, both the fifth and the tenth minute? 
Burak Yilmaz pulled one back, but it wasn't enough for the, uh, the, the title challenges. Speaking of title challenges, Lyon got a 3-2 win over Lens. Quite a thrilling, entertaining clash this one. I watched this one. Um, Depay puts the home side in front for an own goal, credited to Stephen Forte. Got the second. Depay from the penalty spot made it three before Sotoka and Dekure got a late one back for Lens, ultimately, in a losing effort. Uh, Marseille also beat Phils Montpellier by three goals to one. Radonjic, Molly equalised. Lovely equaliser, actually, that before late goals from Dimitri Payet and Valer Germain getting the points for Andre Villas-Boas' men. Uh, again, pretty entertaining affair, that one. And uh, that was indeed... The, oh, I should mention, sorry, Rouse Dijon was another nil-nil on that particular midweek set of games. Uh, moving back then to the weekend's action, where we saw the uh, Saturday games. Oh, sorry, Friday games, I should say, on the night. We oh, saw, uh, saw Lorient lose again. Sorry, Phil, go on. Weren't they all on Saturday? Uh, sorry, no, it is Saturday, the 9th. I've got my dates mixed up. We're the 11th, right. aren't we? Sorry, my apologies. Yeah, FA Cup's got my head um, in. I, I knew I'd missed some, but I wasn't sure I'd missed an entire day. Because yeah, obviously Wednesday, several of us were watching other things, I think. Yes. I, so, I, I invented a French bank holiday that doesn't exist where games are played on there. So oh, just know. just pick a, Catholic, uh, pick a Catholic festival. It's probably on there. National Jumble Sade, we'll just call it yeah. that. But uh, nevertheless, um, yes, we did see um, Lorient lose again. Um, you have to think that Coach Melissier is slightly in danger uh, for his job at this stage because it's another defeat, this time to Bordeaux. Rami Udat with a double before Tarek Murphy pulled one back in between times, but ultimately defeat for Les Malots. We saw Dijon and Marseille draw nil-nil. Guess which game I was watching. Uh, yeah, that wasn't fun. Uh, luckily, I did have another game on, which was a lot better, but uh, that one wasn't fun. Strasbourg won again. Really big result this for them. Um, following up their 5-0 success at the weekend, they won 1-0 away to Lens. And uh, Jez, yes, you guessed it. <laughs> you scored the winning goal with uh, Dial once again. We saw uh, Mets and Nice draw 1-1. I'm assuming you saw this one. Jez Guerrero with the opener for Nice before John Boy equalised for Mets. And uh, Monaco also back-to-back uh, -back wins for them. They beat Auger, who came crashing back to earth with a 3-0 defeat. Maripan, Voland and Stefan Jumatic. Nice to see him back playing football again. 3-0 win for the Monegasques. We saw Montpellier and Nantes draw 1-1. One -one, so that's two points from six for Dominic's start. So loser equalising Prince Onyongo's Unbeaten opener. start. Unbeaten start, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shouldn't mention, forget that bit. On, and um, on Bourne front, that gives Montpellier two points from five games. Yes. Which is worse than anybody else who's not in the bottom two, Lorient and Nîmes, who both have one point from five games. Something has happened that's knocked them off their, knocked them off their sort of balance. Yeah, sliding so, down a little hoping, bit. Hoping, now they're down in, in eighth, having been up fighting in the European places, that something can be done about that because we're also concerned that, for example, the board might leave in the transfer window and various things like that. So, yeah, looking a little bit iffy over here as well, which is concerning. I know I've mentioned it before and I really should, instead of constantly saying it's the feeling I've got look into it but the feeling I've got <laughs> over the last 
two or three years is that Montpellier's first half of the season is a lot better than their second. And I know that we've only reached the halfway stage officially now, but if you think of halfway as sort of around New Year time, it just, yeah, it feels like this is sort of a, a regular drop-off for Montpellier. Yeah, I and think it's, it's a weird situation. It's kind of a selling club because of the finances, and that's been made worse this year because of the whole Telefoot fuck-up. Um, I think what they've tended to do is they've had to buy in the summer to replace levers, and that's always gone reasonably well. Like you see, we've got uh, Jonas Omen in goal, came in, great job. Um, but then they're always liable to be picked off over Christmas, and they don't act in the sort of New Year transfer window, and they don't actually have that bigger squad if you look at who are the seasoned pros, as it were. And when one of those seasoned pros is my age and has to have a lie down occasionally, then it does tend to lead to, if something goes wrong, it kind of accumulates quite badly. So I think you are right, Jez, that they do have, they do tend to have drop-offs because if one person's out, then someone else has to move. Then if, second person goes out it's all up in the air so it can be a little bit awkward I'm just hoping that they can you know keep things together a bit I suspect that potentially the cup games might be thrown to uh, see if they can get everybody back fit to try to get back up to the European places yeah it's a tough tough balance isn't it as well when you sort of yeah. one of those teams where you hit a patch of form and then it's you know as soon as you drop out of form it's this is how quick you can get back in. They were, as Jess said, they were doing great earlier in the season, and but this has just been very, uh, very bad since sort of since yeah. then. And you know, hoping that that can turn around a bit. Yeah, yeah, it is very much, uh, as you say, it's, it's that sort of stage of the season where this, the league starts to take on a familiar shape, which of course we will. We will come to. Um, speaking of teams that needed to bounce back as well, we saw Lille get back to winning ways. They won 1-0 at Nîmes. Winning goal from Barakiumas again. What a signing he's been, to be fair to, to him. I don't think anyone expected him to do quite as well as he has done. Um, we saw a first home win under Pochettino for PSG as they ran out 3-0 winners against Brest. Fairly straightforward. Um, Moise Keane, uh, Maro Icardi back on the score sheet, back in the team. And speaking of which, Pablo Sarabia also notching with uh, a few minutes to go and um, looks like PSG are getting some of their main players back as well which we'll come on to in a mo. Uh, Raz also beating St Etienne who continue to remain in a bit of bother. 3-1, Bouledia with two and Safaro with the third before Charles Abbey pulled one back that wasn't enough for Claude Puel's men so they remain in a bit of difficulty. And finally, uh, the other game that I was watching, luckily, which saved my evening, was Ren 2, Lyon 2. Uh, Julien Stéphane's men racing into a two-goal lead. Clément Grenier, of course, who else? Former Lyon man scoring the opener. Love the opener as well. Uh, matched by Benjamin Borrego's second. And uh, pulled back late on by Memphis Depay. And uh, Jason Denier with the late equaliser, having had one ruled out for handball earlier on in the evening. So a uh, good point that for Leon having been 2-0 behind. And that so, makes them champion d'autumn. Indeed, yes. Yeah. Um, they are Which, indeed top of the given, table. Given that this is 
January felt even weirder than it normally does, but you know. Everything coming late almost, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. a strange old time to be uh, to be um, following any league, but especially in, in France. But uh, yeah, good uh, good result that for Lyon. So it's it's with them that we start them. Uh, Jazz, I'll pick on you first of all. So 2-2 draw away at Rennes. Um, having been 2-0 behind, they'll see that as a, as a success. A 3-2 win at home to Lens, who, you know, Lens had a, a good season, but you wouldn't normally expect Leon to, to pick up the points there. Is, um, is it just sort of important, really, for, for Leon just to keep this form up and, more importantly, keep most of their players in January? Because uh, today it's, it's come out that Moussa Dembele is in advance talks to join Atletico Madrid, so he's obviously going... Um, I believe Juninho has also said that Depay will stay at least until the end of the season. Um, whether that's through choice or not, who knows. But uh, do, do you sort of foresee them just needing to continue this run of form that they're on? And, and yeah, OK, it's only a draw at, at Ren, but that showed a bit of fighting spirit, didn't it? Because they could easily have gone down in that game. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, obviously, as you said, there, there's Champion d'Autumn, which wasn't expected. And... Um, there was a point earlier in the season, obviously very early on now and looking back on it, but where it did feel like, you know, all the fans were yet again on Lyon's back and they weren't really um, kind of, well, they were sort of failing to launch um, and were kind of expecting a little bit sort of more of the same as what happened last year. So they've really got their act together. They've got, um, obviously it touches on Dembele, but their front three, Depay, Tokyo Kambi and, and Kadawera are really playing beautifully together. Um, Fakatai is, is fantastic at the moment, really good form, lovely. You know, I think he did a sort of Zidane-esque um, roulette the other day um, and, and has kind of set up a couple. Aoua mostly seems in, in, a, in a good mood. Um, so, and at the moment, at the moment, there's very good players like Gimaresh and, and Kakare, who are mostly watching from the bench, and, and they haven't really done anything wrong when they've been given the chance to play. So it shows how well the, the first team's playing. Um, there's still elements of, as, as, as Phil's alluded to from Montpellier, there, there are still areas where you could worry that with an injury or two, they could be in trouble. That there's a, there's a hilarious sort of compilation doing the rounds of Decilio's um, performance. Um, against Rennes, which is absolutely horrific. You kind of think if, if Dubois gets a bad injury, that, that's a bit of a worry. But generally, at the moment, things are going well. It looks like none of the sort of main first teamers are, are looking to leave. As you said, Depay, I still feel it's probably more that no one's coming in for him rather than him deciding that he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, but stay, it looks like he will until the end of the season. Dembele, unfortunately, Certainly, statistically, it's not a big loss for Lyon this season. I think he's got just one goal, and that was a sort of formality, making it 3-0 against Nîmes. So he hasn't really done anything to kind of influence the team at all yet this year. And in any case, it looks like he's going to be replaced by um, Slimani, who actually I'm, I'm not absolutely convinced about. I think he always starts very well for teams, and then after a month, settles into mediocrity and, and causing trouble off the pitch. So I don't think that's necessarily the cleverest signing, but it's a free transfer and he does definitely have ability and he's proven with, with uh, well, recently with Monaco that obviously he, he 
he has got, you know, he can play very well when he wants to in Liga. So, um, you know, maybe it's a bit of a sort of free hit. So, yeah, at the moment, things are very good. And, and we sort of, I guess, kind of saw two characterful performances. You know, a lot of people uh, are loving the way Lance are playing this season. And, and Lyon had some shaky moments at the end, but um, did um, put into a, a really impressive 3-0 lead against against Lance before before it going back to 3-2. So I think that, that sort of passed a few tests. And then the Ren match, I think Ren have really been a bogey team the last couple of seasons for Lyon. So to go 2-0 down there um, and to, to fight back to 2-0, I think really shows the kind of character that, frankly, we don't really expect of Lyon. So, you know, if, if they're managing to do things like that, then, then you know, you've got to start thinking maybe they really could have a good run this season. Obviously, they, they don't have Europe, um, unlike PSG and Lille at the moment. So they're going to get slightly more rest. So, um, yeah, as, as things stand, I think that they could genuinely, obviously me saying this means that they'll lose the next three, but <laughs> they, they should be considered genuine title contenders at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I think so um, there was one nice thing, I think the, the day after the, the Ren match, uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about, obviously, Husamawa and I uh, am constantly commiserating with the people at um, get, full, get French Football News for how everything they tweet just comes back with, our news, our news, our news. Well, the next one that might be uh, their muted hashtag, uh, Ray and Shirky um, actually posted a picture of him, it says, 10 years ago with Clement Grenier. And of course, 10 years ago, Shirky was seven. Uh, Clement Grenier looks like um, Pete Doherty before the smack kicked in. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very cute picture. Um, but yeah, this is showing again that Leon, as well as having, as Jess said, maybe they're developing some character and steel that maybe you wouldn't expect from them. They do still have that academy and that, you know, conveyor belt. And so that's um, obviously another really positive point for them. Mm. Yeah, so it feels like with Leon to me, it feels it feels like all about momentum. If they can keep winning and they and they can keep on grinding out results, and I feel like the momentum will keep them going. Um, looking at their next three fixtures, for example, they're at home to Mets. I mean, that's a guaranteed three points. I'm only kidding, Jess. I'm only kidding. Um, they're also away at St Etienne, and then home to Bordeaux. I mean, all jokes aside, you, you'd think that's three winnable games. Yeah, to, to sort of put slightly only just Santetian appear to be just still no yeah. consistency. You know, they they draw against PSG and then they lose the mouse and they're just nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's one of those. We'll, we'll look we'll look at the other fixtures actually of the other teams around in and around. But you'd expect that um, you'd expect that that sort of to be the aim for Leon at least, you know, win the next three and then sort of see where they are. Um, Jeff, I'll come back to you then with PSG. So they're, they're currently second in the table. Uh, they're a, a point back on, on Leon and level on points with Lille, who we'll come to next. Uh, draw and a defeat, uh, sorry, draw and a defeat, a draw and a win for Pochettino to start off with. I thought St. Etienne played very, very well, is the first thing to say. So they, they more than deserve their point 
against PSG. Still can't hold on to a lead. No, no, they really can't. <laughs> Revisit my point from last week. Yes, I mean, yeah. this time it was only three minutes, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, they, they managed to managed to get a point, but that was uh, that was all they managed. And uh, then they they beat Brest at home, which I watched this one sort of with one eye whilst watching Leon with with sort of one and a half eyes, which technically means I've got two and a half eyes, but you get the gist. They beat Brest 3-0 and it, was, it, it had a bit of a comfort about it. I mentioned running down the list that uh, their Instagram post has been quite active today with the fact that a lot of their players are back from injury. It's funny how that coincides when a coach leaves that players are suddenly fit again, isn't it? It's funny how that happens. But uh, Icardi, uh, Kimpembe and Herrera all back in training. Do you feel, Jez, like it's sort of inevitable that PSG are going to grind into gear, shall we say? Because there's been so many players that Neymar's back in training as well, I should say. There's been so many players that they've had so many injuries. They just don't feel like they've had any rhythm. Is, is it the case now that they, again, much like Leon, they just need to get on it and go? They've got the uh, Trophy de Champion final with Marseille. It seems weird because it was from last season, but that's on, on Wednesday, followed by a away trip, away trip to Angers, home to Montpellier, and a guaranteed three points and probably 17 goals away at Lorient in, in two weeks' time. And then Nîmes at home if you want to go even further. So do you feel like they're just on that brink of, a run which is going to put distance between the other teams below them again? Well, although I said Lyon are genuine contenders, uh, I've also said before, I just think you know, every year PSG are obviously by so far the, the biggest, the best squad that um, it's always theirs to lose and um, you know, that they're, they're a point behind. The fact is if, if they maintain any kind of form anywhere near their best, they, they will win the league. Um, but they have shown shakiness. They have got injuries. I'm not going to shed any tears for them because they're not the only team with injuries and they've got much more um, sort of in, in reserve to, to kind of um, take over when, when some of those players are out. And they may even sort of make moves in the transfer window. And obviously Ericsson is one, is one of those players that's being mentioned. And I do think it'd be quite a good signing because I still think that's you know that kind of creativity is where is where they're quite weak. So um, yeah, it's been a it's a quirky year. They're a little bit more tired because the the season sort of ran one into the other. And Mbappe at times is is looking quite jaded, although his um, his run for his assist for Icardi, I think it was Icardi at the, yeah. at the weekend was superb. Yeah. That was um, so I, I'm not going to say they're ready to embark on a run because the fact is they're, they're a point off the table. Yes, it's not their usual standards, but they've still been relatively dominant most of the time. And Okay, the weekend, again, there were two late goals to maybe, on one side, you could say it sort of flattered them, but on the other side, you could say that Larsonneur, um, you know, had a fantastic performance to, to keep the score down in the first place. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I still expect PSG to win the title. I still still think they're favourites, but I certainly think it will be closer than it than it, it has been in, in some recent years. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot depends on how everything clicks with Pochettino, but um, I, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Um, <clears throat> you know, possibly if he's going to sort of do a little bit of playing around with tactics, that might you know at some point if <laughs> if some kind of t- 
tactical trial doesn't work, then they may lose a point here or there. But you know, Leo aren't going to go through the rest of the season winning every single match. So they can probably instead afford to lose a point or two as long as it's not, for example, in matches against the likes of Leo and Lille. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think they'll come out on top. Mm. And what you said about tactical changes, what struck me as kind of odd, and I put them next to each other, the compositions, is there, there was only one change to the starting 11 for, over the two games in Pochettino. And that was um, Kera was at centre-back against Saint-Étienne. He was replaced by Diallo against Brest, which I presume was something to do with just injuries because Kera wouldn't normally be in the centre-back. So he wasn't chopping and changing to try new things out in the starting 11s. And what seemed odd was that Verratti seemed to be in a different position than normal. He was almost... I mean, I heard it on another podcast said he was playing as the number 10. I don't really think that was completely the case, but Verratti did seem to be the most advanced of a midfield of him, Garnagay and Herrera. I think that that was the main change and it does make sense when you don't have Neymar there because there isn't anyone else really. Yes, exactly. But it's like, and that's again, one of these things where we just look at the squad sometimes and go, what? Because if you're using Marco Verratti to replace Neymar, then that is a bit weird. I mean, I know he's very good, but it is a bit weird. So I just thought it was that was maybe an interesting uh, aspect. But also the fact that the starting 11s were basically the same over the two games was interesting. Mm. That either that suggests that. He doesn't want to risk changing things up early on or that he's really done his homework and he's gone, these guys. I think it's also interesting that he's already um, bringing in some youngsters. Yeah, um, I thought game time they've had yet, but he's certainly including them in the squad and yeah, training for yeah. what it's worth. Yeah, what's his... Uh, uh, Rui Sattel and... Um... Oh, goodness me. Simmons. Or Simmons, Simon. that's it. Sammy Simmons, yeah. Who's, to like him. And he looks good as well from what I've seen, the limited amount I've seen of him. He looks like a real prospect. And yeah, I, I think with PSG, it, for me, I, I, I kind of just, I want to see them kind of let rip a bit, if you know what I mean. Um, I just, just kind of want to see, I want to see the PSG that we kind of know is lurking there. Um, whether that's good for the league, probably not in truth, but uh, that's what I want to see. Um, it just sort of feels like they haven't quite found the gears yet. But it's like if you've got a round of games where Monaco score five, Strasbourg score five, and yeah. PSG draw against a, an iffy Santa at the end, then it's like, huh? You're sort of looking at yourself a bit, aren't you, and thinking, hang on, where's where's ours? Yeah, that that that's the thing. And and you know, I'm not saying that scoring five or six is every week is proves that you're that you're at a certain level, but it's just kind of what we've come to expect, I guess, from from PSG at this point in time. So I guess we'll have to see how they uh, how they settle down. What do we make of Lille, Phil? Because they've that um, they yeah. had that really unexpected loss to Angers and then bounced back in typical Lille fashion this season, at least with a one 0 win at, at Nîmes. And their form is pretty good. I mean, the, their goal difference is a lot less well, than Lyon and PSG. I'm, but I'm not sure a one 0 win at Nîmes constitutes a bounce back given that Nîmes are 
pretty oh. terrible at the minute. So it's Picking a blind man stick away, isn't it? A little bit. It's but I mean that was a blip in on the last league loss was against Brest in game ten. You know, they uh, and then there was that weird Celtic situation. So that's their they only lost two all season? I believe so, yes. Yeah, two defeats, four, six draws and 11 wins. So, yeah, there'd be a wobble at times. You wouldn't necessarily have expected it to be against Angers, no. But um, still really good, really good form. Um, Not as many goals, maybe, as you'd expect. But, um, you know... I think that was a blip rather than sign of, uh, you know, any deeper problems. I know they've got, obviously, the, we'll talk maybe later on about the Coupe de France weird bifurcated trousers of time situation that seems to be going on where there's going to be those games involved as well alongside all of the, the European stuff. Um, so... I still, I think it's great. We've got this top three now, which has got a six-point gap over Monaco in fourth. So it's going to be, can they all stay together? By which I think we all know we mean, can Leon and Lille stay with PSG? And I'm hopeful that that can continue. I mean, it looks like the top three might be set but you know uh, it would take uh, a deal of effort to get up and join them but yeah they're in they're in good form solid they're creative so why not it's a crossed fingers situation from a neutral there on that one yeah Uh, the the one thing i wonder about with with leon this is probably where leon if anything have got the upper hand i look at leon and psg's european situation and now obviously Lille have got Ajax which is, is no gimme but you'd, you'd think they'd have a, a decent shot at getting to that I mean this isn't a vintage Ajax side um you wonder you how deep we Sebastian Haller <laughs> we yeah, have with Sebastian Haller indeed uh, and no Quincy the knife promise but um that's a story for another day but yeah I, I think uh you know if, if they were to progress deeper into the Europa League you wonder how much that squad might be stretched and that might be an issue, whereas PSG similar with the Champions League, but they've got the players to accommodate for loss of a few. So I wonder if that might be a bit of an issue with, with Lille. I guess we'll see. Um, next couple of fixtures, I should say. Frantically struggles yeah, to find them. I think they, they do have, certainly up front, they've got sort of five or six very good players that can rotate. Yeah. Um, they, they it's need... more about how many of them can maintain form. Yeah, um, they need Jonathan they, David, don't they? Yeah, and the same in the midfield. You know, you've got if Sanchez is out, there. You know, you got like Sanchez, Andre, Sumare, Shaka. That there's a lot of players there, but again, I think it it just depends how many of them can, if they're starting, can sort of earn their starting place. Sumare, we know that we might talk about him maybe later if we talk about transfers. Yeah, um, which will be fun, but. He's still not really showing what what kind of player he should and could be. 
Mm. Um, so, you know, if they need to rely on, say, him and Sheko in, in, in midfield, then you sort of worry a little bit more than if it was Andre and Sanchez, where you expect a lot more consistency and, and quality. Um, so they've got they've got the numbers and they've got the potential players. It's just whether they can all keep it up. Yeah, and a, yeah. And, and a situation where, given where they are in the league, do you want to be trying out other options and possibly risking something when those points are so key? So it's a bit of a rock and a hard place situation for. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of almost like not the time to be experimenting uh, yeah. almost with it, yeah. And, and like I said, it feels like Jonathan David needs to hit some form so they can rotate a little bit in the front lines at least because, you know, Burak has done brilliantly, but we can't rely on him. Although Timothy Weyer has, has had a, a decent spell of form as well, it has to be said. There are the next three fixtures, again, you'd look at and you'd say probably one of the three is a little bit tougher than the other two, but home to Rams and home to Dijon, you'd think, two potentially uh, three-point winning games there and away at Ren in, in the middle of those two fixtures. That's probably the one you'd look at as being tough. Ooh, that should so, be a good game. Yeah, it should be, especially if, if we get the similar game like we did with Ren Leon, so that every team seems to be playing each other at the moment. I think um, Ren Leon, I think it was the first match of the season as well. And it was also, it was very much a game of two halves. But yeah. It was, yeah, it was also a good match. Seems like a long time ago, doesn't it? Now seems like an awful long time ago. What about the best of the rest? Who do we who do we um, who do we favour here? I mean, we've got Monaco in in fourth on thirty three points, who are unbeaten in four now, and have sort of found their groove again. Ran two draws in the last two games, but again unbeaten in five now, and, and seem to have oh. righted the wrongs. And then you've got Marseille still with those two games in hand, which we seem to say every week. Yeah, but um, uh, Rance are in decent form they're unbeaten in five um put together some some good performances they seem to be having a little spark which and obviously Dresdor putting five past Neem hopefully cheered them up a lot and they've got two wins on the spin so with Nice still being in a bit of a weird situation and Metabuff and sorry Jez similar You've got those teams in 14th and 15th who might be looking to hop up, given uh, depending what their their upcoming fixtures are. So that's kind of interesting to look at uh, in form terms that Rouse are up there with, you know, the the top five basically in terms of form. Mm. Yeah, I, I sort of yeah, I, I feel like of those three teams that are that are kind of in and out, in and out or in and amongst it, if you will. I feel like Monaco have got, I don't know what it is, there's just something like, I, I kind oh, of like about Montpellier Monaco. next, so that's yeah. probably another three points. I'm just, rumble, rumble, rumble. I'm not 100% convinced about them, but I do think that they're getting better. You look at their recent form and they're, I'm not going to say they're flat track bullies because obviously they, they did beat PSG, but, you know, they got well beaten against Lyon, for example. Then they go on a, a four-game winning streak. Then they lose three against Lille, Marseille and Lens, so yeah. sort of three decent-ish right. teams. Then since then, four matches unbeaten, but against Dijon, Saint-Étienne, Lorient, Angers. So I'd like to see them sort of keep it up more consistently, including against the better teams. But, you know, the fact is they are up there and, and I do think they're improving. What, what's interesting as well is that they seem to be kind of finding good form just as Ben Yedder seems to be losing all his. 
Yeah, yeah, he has dropped right off a cliff, hasn't he, in terms of form? Absolutely, yeah. And and Marseille, I mean, are we all in agreement that Marseille are just always going to Marseille? I mean, I watched them against Montpellier and it was so strange because they looked so good and then Montpellier equalised with probably the best goal of the game and Marseille looked awful for, for, for 40 minutes and then they got the two late goals again. I was like, OK, I, I just, I don't know. They, they always... They always then, look to me, and then drew nil nil against Dijon. Exactly, um, and it's yeah. I, and they always, I, they always look to me like a side that simply cannot put together a string of three, four wins. They just, they don't. Like they never. You always look at them and think they're going to drop something somewhere. Yeah, they're lost, draw, loss, win, draw. Yeah, which so is inconsistent. Just, that's the word, isn't it? I think they're just they're still so reliant on Payet and Tovan. Tovan yeah. has come back to good form this year. Um, yeah. Payet, not so much, although recently he's popped up with a couple of important goals. But I just think they, they need more than that. You know, they mm. can be solid at the back and in midfield, but they need something more in attack. And I know that it seems like they are going into the transfer market, but there's only so much they can do without selling. And mm. um, it looks like they're going to bring in a, a different. Uh, Strutman's off, isn't he? I well, that will help a lot in terms of salary. Um, but they talked about him being off for a while, so I don't know if that's... Is that he, seems have, he seems to have been loaned to... I can't remember. I was looking at Mo's Twitter feed. Anyway. They need a sum forward, though, don't they? But that's I mean, good they, as long as they're not still paying his wages. Um, yeah. That is a very good point. But, yeah, I just think they could do with a little bit more up front. And as we said before, I, just, I still feel like there's a little bit of... Um, instability in the background with, with Villas Boas still sort of seemingly trying to pick a fight with anyone he can. Obviously this week's a little bit different, but he's already started with the um the verbals ahead of the PSG Trophée de Champion. Um oh, hang on when, Tova, when is I think that? has confirmed that he definitely doesn't want to stay next year. The Trophée de Champion is on Wednesday. So to uh what is it Monday? Monday today, so two days' time. So I mean that, and that's another get. It's another game you look at and you go, it, it, uh, do you know? What? I think if you said to both teams now, should we just call it quits and you know not bother? I think both would be like, yeah, that's fine because I mean it's an ideal opportunity for for uh, Pochettino to get some silverware straight away, of course. But it does feel like a. It's just the weirdest slot to put it in. Uh, you know, it seems like a really strange. I, I guess it's it's, it must be the only free day they've got until July. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the Coupe de France coming back, Europe, various catch-up games, which, of course, Marseille have two of, as you do say, we keep saying. But yeah. Those have to be fitted in at some point before the end of the season, preferably. Yeah. So, well, yeah. It is a case of scrambling things into places where they can. But, um, but yeah. I think Spain still haven't played their cup final from last season. No, that, that's due to the uh, the Basque element, isn't it? Because they wanted fans in because it's Sociedad against yeah. Belbao and they wanted film, uh, films. They wanted fans in, in the stadium to watch it. So they keep putting it off and putting it off. I mean, at this stage, they're going to play that in three years' time. But, you know, I, I get it. You know, I get why they would do that. So, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. And, I guess uh, I, I had a suspicion that PSG and Marseille might move this fixture abroad had they had well, the opportunity to do so, but obviously they can't now. It would be weird. To, I mean, usually games like this, uh, classics, 
you won't if it's in the league you've only got the home set of fans anyway because there's been a pectoral interdiction so kind of these big cup games are the only time you get to hear the needle between two sets of passionate fans and yeah. it will be very weird to see this I am so looking forward to the audio on this yeah the, the atmospherless element in, and being able to France, hear everything we don't have any of that I'm sorry if you've just heard any unfortunate language which the British commentators seem to have to do on the um, on the Premier League all the time seems, nobody gives oh, yeah. a shit but oh, it yeah, should be quite interesting doing... Hyatt yeah. probably already doing his vocal exercises. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after what happened the last time, if you remember that. Talk, talking of audio, I highly recommend looking out for um, Frederick Antonetti having a go at the referee. Oh um, God! During the the mess nice match the other day, I, I read I about this. I have yet to see it, but I did read He's about it. He's a shouty man in a jumper. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think you know it's 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 a game that everyone should watch. You know, just because it, it's it's just a Marseille, as you say, there'll be plenty of needle there. But I do just wonder how much either of these two give a toss at this particular point in, well, in the I season. I want it with flags and pyro and chanting and stuff being possibly chucked at people trying to take corners. Not that obviously I'm condoning that or anything. But... And all that's in between. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Fun fun where, times. Where, where where's Neymar? Is Neymar? Um, he's now he's he's back in full training now, so I, I can only assume that his birthday bash went off without a hitch with his five hundred guests and all that goes goes alongside him. Um, Meanwhile, mine. So, it's, it's I'm I'm I'm, I'm back in full training and and performing today, having had my party yesterday. The there, well, there you go, and 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 I did see on Neymar's um, Instagram today that he he's his return to fitness coincides nicely with. With Puma's latest uh, release of, of boots, so that that worked out well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, if he's back in full training, uh, I think that that's only going to benefit PSG and and uh, and those watching the, the big fixtures. And possibly Mark Overratti going, thank God I don't have to do this anymore. Yes, yes, uh, and and those of you that are still playing Marco Verratti booking bingo he did indeed get booked in the last game as per usual so good, good on him and surprisingly um, took it quite badly yeah yeah I know it's, it's a real surprise it was ne it's never him that's the thing uh, let's have a, just a quick look then at um, I'm going to group teams in here in the interest of time but let's have a quick look at the bottom because it, things are getting a little bit um, adrift but if you look at 14th downwards I would say is probably where where the not not the cutoff is, but where the line looks. And Rams have been in decent form, unbeaten in five, three wins out of those last five. They're up to 14th. Strasbourg, we mentioned there, five nil, and then one nil win. Back to back wins has put them further further up the table, 20 points of 15th. And St Etienne is, is stuttering and stumbling blindly into trouble in 16th and 19 points. Not domination all we've mentioned in 17th on 17 points Dijon uh, small revival when beaten in the last three two draws in, in with that 14 points and then Lorient um, who just cannot buy a win at the moment four defeats in the last five and Nîmes also four defeats in their last five both on 12 points and, and struggling uh, do we I mean I guess the, the big question for the bottom three is what has to change to get them out because and again I, I, I don't like saying this but I do think that, that uh, Policia in particular is under pressure at Lorient because despite 
having come up from the second division when the team like Lens who came up underneath you, i.e. in second, are sitting pretty in, in ninth place. And I would argue Lorraine have got a better squad than, than Lons overall, but they're 10, 10 places above them. I mean, that's surely it's the time where you're looking at, at Nîmes, Lorraine, Dijon for managerial changes, or am I being a bit harsh? Well, I, I think the, the, the fun thing, if you're into this kind of thing, is that Nantes' recent managerial change won't help. <laughs> So, if anything, make it worse. Well, yeah. Potentially, um, anyway, we, so we should say. But. I think while we've been worrying about Saint-Étienne a lot, I just can't see them going, that might be a dumb thing to say. I'm thinking of their history. I'm thinking of the quality of the players and the manager. But seriously, the quality of the players and the manager should play a part in it. Mm. So I think the bottom four will be the bottom three, and obviously two go down automatically and then there's the playoff. But I think Dijon look more likely to get up uh, and not to go down. So, yeah. I mean, I think Nîmes look screwed. I mean, seriously, they, they've lost a lot of good players over the summer because they had to. They just don't have the vim they had, and it's not looking good. I haven't seen a great deal of Lorient, so I will bow to your uh, bow to your knowledge lucky, there, Chris. But I think I th- I've got Fubar written under name after that Strasbourg result. I mm. think they're done, and it's a pity because while they are massive rival of Montpellier they're also it's you know uh, it's a bit like the George Fresh thing he's a bastard but he's our bastard you know it's the local the local situation but I think they're done mm. uh, yeah I, I'm I'm torn a little bit I, I, I still think Lorraine have got enough to pull themselves out and again the, the one thing that, that I would say Lorraine have over probably the bottom five, maybe even six, is they have got goals. They just can't defend. So, and, and usually, for whatever reason, teams that struggle, if they can score goals, they can usually pull themselves out of it if they can at least stop. But, I mean, if you, if you look at Lorient's defence, the, the trouble is they're shipping twos and threes. You don't have ones and that twos. many goals, though. It's 20, which puts you top of the bottom four. But Yeah. Every, I, I, you know, I just sort of... I it's kind of feel that, like I haven't got worry. the I haven't got the optics in front of me. I must I must, I must um, admit. But having watched the games, they do create a lot of chances. And yes, of course, there's no good if you don't if you don't take them. But I feel like they'll have enough to get that goal tally up. But it's the defence that worries me. They they have been linked with. Interesting that Stefan Rivier is now a free agent. That's there's been a bit of talk about him potentially coming across uh, since uh, Saint Etienne finally agreed to let him go. And I do wonder if uh, if he might possibly pitch up at, at one of the struggling clubs because Paul Nardi, I think, is a very good future goalkeeper, but has struggled in recent weeks with his form. Um, so I wonder if that could at it's least... He's been a future goalkeeper for a long time now, hasn't he? That's also fair. Yeah, yeah, that's also fair. Um, I mean, how old is he now? I mean, I always think of him as being 19 because he's got that kind of face, but I'm pretty he's sure he's 25. 25. I was going to say, I think he's 24. Just oh. checks now. He is 26. Christ. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, go. there you go. So, I mean, you know, 
and 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 again, you look at that defence. I mean, Gravelin's been poor. Uh, Fontaine has only played four times this season. Laporte's probably been the standout, but he struggled recently. Lagoff and and good old Jeremy Morel, you know, there's 67 between them. Um, Ergo, 34 as well. There's not a lot of pace and vigour in that defensive line, so that that's what sort of worries me with them. Any any that you would chuck into this mix, Jez? If you look at the table, I mean. I still think Nice have got a thing. I, I think they'll have I, enough to step out, but I, I know what you mean. But. but I think Easter could be a very tense time for a couple of big teams. Yeah. What do you what do you reckon, Jez? Any of those teams? I mean, Glons, I, I, I sort of feel like they've got a bad spell in them. Just how bad, I don't know. I don't think they'll fall that far. I think your your boys' Mets will be fine. Rams to Strasbourg, good recent runs, but again, does that continue? Is, is do, you, do you feel like it is kind of St Etienne down, or is there a team you, you think could drop th- into that? No, I think it's not down. I think it's three of the bottom four. Mm. Um, I just, yeah, I agree. I think Nîmes just look awful. Um, yeah. I think it's also another case of um, you know a club doing very well with a particular manager. And when it's you know it's a little bit like Charlton after Kerbyshire left, like it just feels like um, you know black are gone. It's all it's all going wrong, and, and Jobard doesn't really really have it in him. Um, yeah. Lorient, I sort of agree that the way the way they play, you kind of you expect them to be. Um, it's sort of a shocker to see that they're on the same number of points as Nim. Yeah, that way. Um, I mean, it depresses me to say that that I feel they're almost a little bit like Brighton. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Very pretty, but they're too nice. Yeah, and and they're suffering as a result of that. Dijon, you you look at goals for, and it's obvious where their problem is. They just they just can't score. And and so today that Scheibler, who was their their sort of big striker signings, is is looking. It's looking like he's going to leave on loan, so you know it's, it's clear an indication of any that he hasn't been very successful. Um, so I, I can see Lorient over overtaking Dijon, possibly even non. I really think it's those four. I just I feel like you know everything that we've got to say about Dominic. I don't think it's going to end well, and I don't think there's going to be any sort of massive success anywhere there. But I think he probably will be able to instill again enough maybe nastiness maybe that's what's needed or enough fear within certain players for long enough that I think they'll probably get the points they need um you know even these these last two matches arguably they were the the lesser team in both matches and he still managed to sort of um fight his way to, to a draw in both of them. So I think, they're, and they're probably matches that they would have lost beforehand. So there's already something there. And even though I don't think it will last long, I think it will be enough for them. So I think definitely three of the bottom four, and I'm tempted to say even, well, three of the bottom three. Yeah, um, which order is what they're fighting over almost, isn't it? Yeah, they? I just, I can just, I think everyone above will be fine and I could sort of, I think, make compelling arguments for why Nantes, Dijon, Lorient all could be capable of getting out there. I just worry that Lorient have already left themselves a lot to do because it's already five points from sort of total safety. 
yeah. and Nim, I just can't see getting out of it. Well, looking at the next fixtures, I mean, there's a crunch tie straight away. So this weekend, Lorient host Dijon. So, I mean, that's huge for both sides. Looking at Dijon's next few fixtures, home to Strasbourg, away at Lille, home to Lyon, away at Montpellier. I mean, that doesn't look easy by any stretch. Uh, Lorient, as we mentioned, so home to Dijon, then away at Nîmes, um, home to PSG, away at Rennes in the Derby, and then home to Rams. So, again, a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, Nîmes, meanwhile, uh, go to Marseille, go to the Velodrome, then they host Lorient. They go away to Angers, they go away to PSG, and then they host Monaco. So again, a bit of a mixed bag of fixtures. And then if you, if you fancy none to sort of drop into that that bottom end, they're at home to Lens, they're away at Metz, they're home to Monaco, away at St Etienne, which potentially could be a, a big sort of game, depending on where the two clubs are at that point, and then home to Lille. So, I mean, they've got a couple of the top boys in there and then some sort of mid-table sides as well. So, uh, yeah, it does. It feels like the next few weeks are going to be are going to be quite important. And uh, I, I guess it just depends on, you know, so, uh, maybe a bit of business, what, what could be done as well. I don't think Neem have got a particularly large pool of, of money to, to pick out. And, you know, Laurie on a... Ooh, they yeah, Sort of, there's a, I, feel like, I feel like all three of the teams in the bottom three need to do something in January to address potential slides, but how much they can do is, is open to open to anyone's uh, um, not suggestion, but thought, I guess, would be the way to put it. So, yeah. And then Arpino, by the way, is the new manager. I think I said Joba. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So it went, went over my head then, so you got away with it. I didn't notice. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, certainly um, the table is is starting to to shake out, and I still think it's great that we've got what twenty three points Nice in thirteenth, uh, up to thirty points Angers in seventh. So seven seven points separates all those clubs. It's kind of fun. It is kind mm. of fun. So it's yeah, much more fun than than recent years the usual to say yeah. that we've got i mean like i say the top three have pulled away a bit because there's a six point gap but at least the top three is a top three yeah not just one team that knackers your chart and it was you know it was always going to happen wasn't it that a couple of the top sides would probably pull away i mean that's that goes without saying but as you say it's nice to sort of it's see nice it is three of them yeah which is new yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let's have a quick look at the um, f- the matches um, coming up this weekend before I briefly pull uh, Jez's transfer teats. Uh, we've got uh, Montpellier, <laughs> uh, Monaco on the on the Friday, which has the look Uh-oh. of it, a decent game about it. Although, as you say, Phil, depending I'm on Montpellier's form, yeah, I might might give that one a look. We've got Marseille hosting Nîmes, which has anything but appeal. That's on Saturday at uh, 4 p.m. UK time. Angers PSG is the Saturday night game. You've got Brest against Rennes. That one might be quite a decent watch, given Brest's uh, fun time football. L'Oreal Dijon, certainly the big one for me on on Sunday at 2 p.m. At the same time, Nantes hosts Lens. Nice hosts Bordeaux, which also might be a decent watch for Bordeaux's recent form back in, uh, in, in good books. Strasbourg hosts St Etienne, uh, which again, if you think if Strasbourg can win that, that plunges St Etienne further into trouble. Lille hosts Rams. Lille looking to continue their winning streak. And then uh, Jez, a tough-looking tough looking test for your Mets guys as they go to uh, Lyon on the Sunday evening fixture. Any of those games jump off the page at either of you? I think Sunday lunch time, Brest v. Rennes, 
mm. will actually be a, an enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, flavour of football kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sort of a bit of a purist's uh, purist dream. Any of those um, that, that you like the look of, Jess, that you might be keen to have a look at? Yeah, I'd say that one, or maybe Lil Rass as well, I think. Mm. Yeah, Rass are in good form. I do think they play nice football as well. And, um, yeah. Yeah, that could be a good one. Lille need, uh, need the points to keep up with, um, with well, with PSG away and Lille and Lille at home, you would sort of think that I could probably see all three winning their fixtures this I, weekend. I agree. I think that the biggest match of the weekend is Lorient-Tijon. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I genuinely I, think... I, I also... I'm looking at Angers and PSG and wondering if I should put a couple of quid on a nil-nil draw. Because it's the kind of thing Angers can do. I mean, yeah, we saw when they went to PDP where they just sort of sat there and waited to get beaten. I think it just depends how they start that game and how well they defend. But uh, yeah, one thing's for sure, if you, if you want to make a bit of money this weekend, uh, put it on goals with Lorient and Dijon. Um, so we'll look forward to that being nil-nil and to discuss that next week. But yeah, I just can't see either of those two sides keeping anything secure at the back based on what I've seen in recent weeks. So that'll be one to keep an eye on. Um, just to finish up then today, speaking of keeping an eye on things, Jess, transfer business. Uh, you mentioned Samare uh, at Lille. Um, Adama Samare, that is, has gone to uh, Bologna. I don't know if you wanted to mention the other Samare there, but... Um, there's, no, there's I meant a... I meant that um, there was there's rumours which I think have been denied that um, or Mohamed Gawafsi is usually the most reliable um, person when it comes to transfers. But um, there are a lot of United fans that have manufactured this rumour that that United are interested in in Bubakari Sumare. I just I find it really funny that it's a little bit like the Sawa thing, but even worse that. I, I don't know, I don't play FIFA, I don't know if he's good on FIFA or something, but there's this kind of, it's a bit like Ibrahim Sangare, that there's this obsession that he's this absolutely amazing midfielder, and he does have huge potential, but he's not even a, I think he's only started eight games for Lille this season, like, he's not, you know, he's he's not worth the, the fuss that some English fans make and you just wonder where they're getting this stuff from because it's certainly not from watching him. Mm. Um, so any United fans listening, I wouldn't be too upset if you're, if you're not interested in Sumare. Um, yeah, it feels I think, like a player I've been trying to sell for about six months or six years. I can't make up my mind which. It seems like forever, that story, doesn't it? I, I mean, I, I do think he potentially could be monstrous, but... Yeah, it's, it's potential, isn't it? It's yeah. never been realised. Yeah. Um, I think we should probably give a passing mention to Saliba. Mm. Um, I have to say, Chris, that some Arsenal fans have really been pissing me off. But, oh, um, no, I, I'm with you. I, although, I've not matches, It feels like some kind of, you know, Arsenal can't be wrong. Yeah. Therefore, we have to kind uh-huh. of highlight any slight mistake from Saliba to retrospectively justify Arteta treating him like shit. Mm. Or um, the other way around, where people say that he was, uh, you know, is, is a god amongst men because he's played one game. I actually thought he was very good against um, against Brest in the 2-0 defeat. Um, the two mistakes had nothing to do with him. He thought he looked quite composed considering he hasn't played for six months. But yeah, I know what you mean. It, it's, yeah. it's one extreme. I've seen Arsenal fans try to blame him for both. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think he was voted Nice's man the match against Mets as well. He was, yeah. Um, yeah. 
he also, by the way, I mean, he's also, I think, expected to walk into this team and be the leader of that defence at 19 and having been... The, the Dante, yeah, yeah. So, um, there's yeah. a lot of pressure on him. Um, I'm trying to remember what else there is. Obviously, Slimani to, to Lyon and Dembele to Atletico is probably the big one. I think, I do feel sorry for Dembele, but maybe this is the best move all round. I think he will get time in a team that is set up more to his strengths at Atletico. And, you know, either it turns into a permanent move or he comes back to Lyon and maybe gets more chances next year once the pie is gone. Mm, that's um, how I look at it, yeah. Yeah. Because he's gone um, stale, hasn't he, at Lyon? That's the thing. He just he didn't come back from injury and just never found that form of last season. And It's kind of it's bizarre because he finished last season very strongly in the league. Mm. He wasn't given huge chances in the final eight, although he did score those those two important goals against against City. And yeah. then this year he hasn't he sort of appeared almost every match, but barely started. And at one point he went like twenty three shots without without scoring, which is just it's just not good enough. And I th- I suppose it's a bit of sort of um chicken and egg. Like if he's not starting and getting, you know, regular game time to, to build some momentum, then it's it's difficult for, for him to come on and be expected to always have an impact. Mm. But you know, if he doesn't come on and have an impact, then he's not going to get those starts. Yeah, Cadawera's um, almost taken his 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 fire, hasn't he? I just I think Cadawera and Toko Kambi are just a lot more mobile. I think Dembele is a fox in the box, but doesn't do much else. Mm. Um, he's a, a little bit like Icardi. So when he's not scoring, he's not going to be running the channels and and helping yeah. with you know nice moves around the edge of the area either. Mm. They're going to get assist numbers, and he isn't. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a bit of a bit of a strange one. The only other one I wanted to sort of uh, mention to you: What do you make of this sort of perpetual, continuing rumor about Spurs players going to PSG? I mean, the, the latest one is uh, is that um, there's sort of a, a kind of a, a triangle between Christian Eriksen, Leandro Paredes, and and Deli Ali. There's sort of talk that uh, Paredes move to Spurs would free up Ali to PSG which would then also free up uh, some space to bring Ericsson to PSG as well. But I don't know, I sort of, I'm kind of with you. I think Ericsson's a good fit. Ali, I just, I've never rated um, for obvious reasons, I suppose, but I just don't I think, think he's, he's all that. His ego would, would fit. Yeah, it would fit nicely, actually, well. yeah. Yeah, it would, yeah. That's I true. Just, uh, <laughs> Does he speak Portuguese? I don't think he barely speaks English. Uh, I just yeah. think it would be such a negative move. I know it's it's not about that, but... I just think PSG signing a, a Spurs reject. Yeah. When, you know, when you're supposed to be one of the great, you know, the big teams in Europe now, mm. I just think it's the optics are awful. Backward step, isn't it? it it's but the argument. Pochettino has worked with him before, so. Yeah, feels, no, maybe partly lazy because the rumours started before Pochettino came in. But at least if it was Pochettino who signed him, he's a lot better informed than anyone else who was who was sort of supposedly interested beforehand and will be able to get the best out of him. Yeah, yeah, a little, little bit more realism in it in it now, whereas before it seemed like a an odd link. But um, yeah, I guess we'll have to sort of see what, what pans out with that one, but you do feel like PSG will make some moves. And um, like you said there, Tessa, sort of agree with that. I, I was saying the same about 
sort of an Arsenal perspective, kind of a bit bored of, of us trying to sign players that teams no longer have any use for that we're just picking up and you feel like PSG would be doing that with with Ali if, if that was the case but uh, I guess we will see what happens with that one the um the window of course has the whole of January to run so um Oof. we'll keep you abreast of anything Please, that does happen we have to oh yeah um, unfortunately we do but the amount of money that's going out of, of Liga at the moment the amount of teams struggling financially see Bordeaux reported 60 oh, okay. million lost today so and don't think... you're screwed so the board will be off at some point yeah I don't think we'll be seeing too much in terms of, of incomings for French clubs, but you just never know, do you? I mean, it's just one of those uh, one of those circumstances where um, if deals suit certain clubs, um, or if indeed clubs are struggling or need urgent uh, urgent reinforcements, they find the money down the back of the sofa. So I guess we'll have to see. But, uh, yes, Coupe we'll... de France. Yes, go for it. Yeah. Uh, no, so we've got a piece up. Um... The new system is in place. John Mainland um, ha- uh, managed to blag a luminous uh, tabard and take his camera around and the sixth round. So there's a piece up on the website from him. And the it's a bit like we've got two tracks here. So one track is Ligue 2 and Ligue 1, and then they'll meet up with everybody else and... We've had the draws. Ligue 2 teams were playing on the 20th of February. And then Ligue 1 teams, I think, get involved in the 10th of February. So it's the 20th of January, then the 10th of February. And as Jess has pointed out in chat, there are some interesting all Ligue 1 clashes because the Ligue 2 and Ligue 1 teams are being kept together. There's more top-level clashes to give the the rest of them more chance to get through. So it's all looking very interesting. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some, some tasty There's looking your, You're more, more over this than I am. Well, there's, a, there's, yeah, there's, as you said, five league and clashes. So Nantes, Lens, Angers-Rennes, which is a sort of local derby as well. Strasbourg, Montpellier, which should be a good one. Dijon, Lille, and Nîmes-Nice. Um, Lorient will play... Harry FC or La Havre, which you could say is a, you know, almost league and derby. I mean, it, it could be sort of a between two teams. It could be sort of who replaces who divisions next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and if Toulouse beat New York, there's Bordeaux Toulouse, which which is a, a local derby as well. So there's a few interesting interesting ties there. And yeah, it's normally you don't get such. Big ties. I mean, it's a pity that we don't have what we usually have with, you know, is it a wine or a cheese or a, or a football team? Mm. Um, well, that's the other side because there's so there's 15 games in the the pro channel. There's 17 in the amateur channel, including two overseas teams. Mm. Seriously, read John Mainland's article. It explains this in much more detail than I've managed to remember. And then they will come together in the round of 32 draw, I think. I think it comes down to how you feel about these things generally. ESG going to back and beyond situation. 
it's whether like in all, you know it's the same as seeding systems in tennis or whatever do you want to see the the big teams sort of last until the end or do you want to see upsets so mm-hmm. you know there, there's some juicier ties earlier on but then there'll be some lower division teams that are able to go a little bit further and the Which, thing is often this has happened to Montpellier a couple of times but the kind of the first round that Ligue comes in, you tend to play the kids and then you end up playing Concano and they beat you. And it's embarrassing. But it's great for the competition. So, yeah, this is a, it's a bit weirder the way they're having to organise it this year, but it makes a lot of sense. And it does mean that when we hit the round of 32, the Cesium's of the final of the, the competition, there will be those smaller teams in it and because it's a draw they could still be drawn against each other so you know who knows read john mainland's article yes yes do (laughs) explained in far far better degree than than we can just before we go i just wanted to give our listeners a a quick heads up on what's happening in league two because of course there is a a competition below league going on so in terms of who's doing what um, it's quite interesting, actually, at the moment. Uh, Trois, of course, of course, formerly of Liga, are making a, a good push to come back to that status. They are currently top, uh, albeit having played a game more than second place to lose. So 38 points for Trois, to lose second in 35. So if they win their game in hand, we've got a two-way fight at the top. To lose, as to be said, they've, uh, they've come on leaps and bounds since the start of the season where they were really struggling, really patchy, four straight wins uh, for them. So they're flying high. Uh, Grenoble. 38 to give them their full title 35 points also so they're joint third bit of a surprise to see them up there uh clermont are currently in fourth and osea good to see them back fighting amongst the, the top end of the table they're in uh, in fifth just a uh, point behind clermont 33 points in that sort of playoff system of those three clubs there Paris fc who once were top of the Second tier, they're down in sixth at the moment, having struggled over the festive period. We Socho and Almion also, but both showing some good form in seventh and eighth, both unbeaten in five. So they're making a dash up the table as well. Valenciennes, the former Liga side, in ninth. Speaking of which, Car are also in there in tenth. Not a great season for them, it has to be said. Niort and Love are eleventh and twelfth with Ajaxio, uh, Dunkirk in 13th and 14th with their Gangon, who really are struggling at the moment uh, down in 15th Chambly in 16th Nancy another former Liga side just littered with former Liga teams down in 17th with Rode five straight draws for them different uh, Powell and Chateau down in the bottom uh, automatic if you will relegation spots so again it's another one of those leagues that's fairly congested yeah uh, that's got a nice second to sixth yeah point it out feel yeah it does it does and i must i must admit of all the clubs if you're looking at them and i like to see new teams up and about and and whatnot but it would be really nice to see a club like osea maybe make a break to return to the top flight they're also playing the nicest football in the division at the moment yeah yeah that's um that would be fair to say based upon Sort of the, the limited amount I've seen, oh, but come so. on, we've we've got to we've got to want Paris FC up there just so there can be a Paris derby. Yeah, I mean that that would be fun. Um, but obviously they were they were it top for so fun. long. It would be it would be a, a 
security nightmare, frankly. But Talk about polar opposites as well, crikey. I mean, the richest <laughs> around story there. That would be an interesting one. Soft Show is another one I kind of miss being in the top flight, but, you know, they're, they're showing that they've uh, potentially... Yeah, and uh, and I, I feel like I feel like there's a few clubs. There. I mean, from the outside looking in, uh, Grenoble and and uh, Clermont, two sort of unfancied sides, banging form at the moment. So yeah, it's definitely a division to keep a close eye on. They're 19 games in. Some teams have played 18, in fairness, but yeah, 18 to 19 games in. So season has a, a long way to run yet, but uh, we will keep a, a close eye on what is developing there. So there we go. Um, right, unless there's anything else that I haven't mentioned, which I don't think there is. I think I've mentioned pretty much everything. Um, we will draw we'll a veil. We'll be back next week if the world isn't on fire by then. Yes, we say that but pretty I'm much just, every week, don't we? Uh, but I'm just slightly concerned because obviously the, the Coupe de France Ligue 2 games are on the 20th of January. I'm pretty sure that's when the inauguration is supposed to be. So we might miss all of that entirely as well if, you know... Stop. Yeah, Stop. it's uh, uh, as you say. Assuming the world isn't isn't burning to a crisp, then hopefully we'll be able to carry on. <laughs> well, well, we'll be here. You know, whatever happens, we'll be here. That's that's the most important. Well, I say whatever happens. I mean, hopefully we'll still be we'll still all be here. But assuming there is football being played and we're still uh, we're still alive and well, then we will be here to to cover it all. And uh, as we said earlier, some pretty spicy fixtures this weekend to hopefully get our teeth into. So do tune in again next week. Uh, we say this every week, but uh, if there are any particular questions that you have for us, please do just drop us a line and we'll do our very best to uh, to get those covered. On Twitter. As well. On Twitter, yes. Not to me, because I won't see them because I'm not there. But send them to the pod account and we'll do our best to cover them. Right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, thanks for bearing with us as we rush through two rounds of fixtures. But back to normal this weekend. Back to one uh, sort of de- in-depth look at the weekend's games next week. So until then, uh, just amazes me to thank both Jez and Phil for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we will be back this time next week. Until then, enjoy your French football, and we'll speak to you very soon.